I'm Nick Cowan, and I'm telling tales. Give a man a podcast, and he listens for a day. Teach a man to podcast, and he listens to no one. This locution was coined by none other than the infamous Michael and Jeremy. Wise words, yet they hold a vainglorious air about them. What else would you expect from a duo that is building a podcast empire that will last the test of time? Deep in the heart of Florida, through the mangrove trees and the amoeba-infested swamps, Michael and Jeremy plan their next heist. Yeah, dude, we got this guy, and he just he sent us over a lead. A lead? A yeah. Lead for- I know, the mosquitoes suck. Shit. They're real bad right now. We, we got hit with a hailstorm this week. Big golf size hail. This never happens in Florida. My poor chateau. <laughs> it's just full of holes. It's got its Swiss cheese. Is, is this what we're talking about in the woods? In well, the, well I mean, uh, I, I miss you. I want to talk to you, too. This but anyway. You dragged me all the way to the heart, the deep heart of Florida, to talk about your chateau? No, no, no. We're planning our next heist, Jeremy. Oh. And it's a, uh, I'm trying to remember the name. It, it, it feels if, like Cachet... Whirlwind? Yeah, Cachet Whirlwind of Gem... Whirlpool. Gem Whirlpool, um, Money... Maelstrom. Money Maelstrom. <laughs> money Maelstrom. That, that might be it. I like that. Yeah. It's pretty uh, catchy. And then Cash... Eddie? Cash Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Cash Eddie. Eddie. I wish I had a friend, Cash Eddie. Well, anyway, but they but they hunt treasure, Jeremy. So what are we gonna? We're gonna hunt their treasure before they get we're it, gonna like Indiana steal, Jones. We're gonna steal their treasure, which is their podcast. Yeah, historically, we're pretty good at that. A bang! Ah! A blinding light! Oh gosh! Oh, shit! Oh my eyes! Oh, it's oh I can't see anything. Mike, what did you do? Oh, oh, oh! Michael and Jeremy find themselves in an infinite void of white. They fall onto what seems like hard ground. My ass! But there is no depth, no horizon, just brilliant white light. Oh, whoa! Dude, this is like Bill and Ted. They need a new decorator. Or the Matrix. Like an accent wall. Jeremy, summon summon something cool. See if it flies past us real quick. Uh, Dodo Bird. Boobs. Nope. Nope. Well, that sucks. Well, that sucks. I really wanted to know what a dodo bird with poops look like. Wait, can, can, I, can we walk? We can walk around. Oh, this place, this place this is weird. It smells good. It smells like corn. Like the band corn. <laughs> no, that's disturbing. So he famously scats. It echoes in here. I kind of like it. It's like when you put a cotton swab in your ear. Oh, yeah. You know that feeling? Like a warm, wet... Cotton swab, deep in your ear, he said, fully erect. What the fuck is that? Jesus. Who is that? Jesus? Do you hear him talking? I think it's Jesus. Can you hear him too? Yeah. Jesus? Jesus! What the fuck is going on? Shit. Fucking bitch. Cunt. Get it. I got shit to do today. Fuck. Fuck. Once the barrage of expletives come to an end, panic sets in. Michael turns to Jeremy and says, Jeremy, we have to find a way out of here. We gotta defeat this guy. This is probably a boss battle. Jeremy quickly responds with, He's a voice. How do we defeat a voice? Naked and afraid, Michael and Jeremy wander the void. 
Naked? What? Oh, oh shit! Jeremy, we've been, been naked this whole time. Oh, Jeremy, you really do have a seven-inch penis. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Your hang's pretty good too. Buddy. Oh, thanks. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm, I'm very afraid. I think we should use the power of love. I wish that Matrix thing works, and then we could get some suits. What, like when we think really hard and all the closets come flying by? Yeah, us I tried that earlier, but it didn't work. We tried to summon a dodo bird with tits. Wait, I have an idea. Michael and Jeremy had no idea that the voice they hear is that of an omnipotent and omnipresent narrator in total control of their surroundings and the true decider of what fate will befall them. They will live out the rest of their meaningless existence here, unheard, un... Wait. Hey! Jeremy, look right here. It's a little podcast. I put you in the void. How did you find my podcast? Hey, buddy. What are you doing out here? Hello, Michael and Jeremy. Have you come to take me out for a spell? I'd love to see Florida. Hey, voice. I don't know if you can see. Well, you're omnipotent, probably, I guess. And yeah, we're taking your podcast, okay? He wants to come with us, probably. Oh, joy. You're a cute little guy. Mike, look, he's holding on to my shoulder. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, oh, that's okay. He's learning. I like it. Anyway, we're taking your podcast. He's my special little guy. You better bring him back exactly as you found him. We promise we're going to keep him safe. Nothing bad's going to happen to your little guy. Fine. Welcome to Michael and Jeremy Steal Your Podcast, where we do your podcast better, faster, stronger, and hornier. Say, Jeremy. Hey, Mike. How are you today? I'm great. How are awesome. you Awesome. I'm doing great. <laughs> I have quite the treat for you, Jeremy. I like treats. Yes. So, what I've done, the podcast that we're stealing this week is called Telling Tales, and it's told by this really cool guy who like writes these really great stories. And then he says them in his like dope ass voice. You guys got a taste of that in our intro. So he has a, a podcast, and I'm going to tell a story today, Jeremy. Your story? I guess <laughs> it's a story that I wrote. So I guess it belongs to me. <laughs> and so I, I really haven't told you a whole lot about what's going on. Not at all. And I really like doing that to you. <laughs> you said, hey, show up at this time. And I did. <laughs> so I have a story that I'm going to read, but Jeremy. You're going to be playing one of the roles in the story. So I've left your lines open. So all everything that I say is completely scripted, completely written, and we're going to tell this wonderful story. You're going to be inputting lines in as dialogue for the main character. Like Mad Libs. Yes. Let's, I'm down. Are you ready? I'll try. Hey, let's just, just go right into it. <laughs> hey, if you guys like the show, give us five stars and subscribe and... Stuff. I'm worried that you're not doing that enough. Jeremy, tell them. Uh, hit that like button. That's what they say on my YouTube shorts. Ugh, I hate that. It's so smash, overdone. Smash that like button. No, squish it. Squish it. Smush it. Smush it. <laughs>
Notifications. Smother those like buttons. We want more five stars because we want more people to hear our wonderful uh, stealing podcast adventures. Okay. All right, Jeremy, I'm just going to go into it. Set the scene, my friend. All right. The story of past Jeremy and the golden pod. Pause for effect. It only takes one voice at the right pitch to start an avalanche. Diana Hardy. Paris, 1773. Past Jeremy lands within the heart of a beautiful garden. People in fanciful garb promenade about, cooing at one another as they pass. I don't think I belong here. Past Jeremy thinks quietly to himself. He takes in the first sight of this strange and forward land. He exits the hot air balloon, tips the man a copper piece, and begins to explore the gardens. He reaches into his pockets to review the mysterious pamphlet once more. It reads, Lilacs on sale now, cheap. Past Jeremy's a smart man. He had deciphered this text months ago, revealing the secret coordinates that lay here in Paris. Based on his his calculations, he was to walk 100 paces north, then 300 paces east. Exiting the gardens, a woman approaches past Jeremy and says, Excuse me, monsieur. You do not seem like you're from around here. Are you in need of directions? Past Jeremy responds with, Are you... Speaking with an English accent, are you from here either? Why, who are you to tell me that I need directions? I know exactly where I'm going. How dare you! I'm a proper lady! <laughs> she smacks past Jeremy across the face with her parasol and shuffles off. He holds the hot part of his face and can't help but think, I wish they had been gay in this century. He shakes off the temptation, pulls out his tra- pulls out his trusty compass and begins to count his steps northward. Past Jeremy is unfamiliar with the local customs and culture, but he knows to be on the lookout for one thing. Red hats with purple feathers on them. They could be anywhere. (laughs) Hiding amongst the shadows or crowds, ready to silently strike. After the last ten paces were completed, Past Jeremy surveyed the area to see what clues would reveal themselves. Down the alleyway to his left, he sees a shop sign that reads... Murphy's Pub. Just like the pamphlet! (laughs) He eagerly begins to walk towards the storefront to see where his adventures would finally end. The balloon ride alone across the Atlantic had taken two months, and the twenty-minute stroll through the streets of Paris had felt like a lifetime. The bell rings as past Jeremy opens the creaky wooden door. Behind the counter on the far end of the rather small space is a slender, gray-bearded man examining a brass oddity. Past Jeremy looks around the tiny shop, observing the strange wares, and says to the man, Hey, you got any tobacco? I've been running short. I don't even know how I had all my supplies on that hot air balloon and lasted two months. Actually, I'm hungry as well. Do you have food, sir? Sir? I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about, or care to. I would appreciate it if you took your nonsense someplace else. Past Jeremy quickly remembered the code word he had pieced together from the pamphlet's cryptic puzzles. Lilacs here, cheap. Now. (laughs) Code word? (laughs) Uh, The old and crunchy man removes his spectacles and slowly puts the object of his attention upon the counter. He looks past Jeremy in the eyes and says, Finally, you solved my pamphlet puzzle, did you? 
Past Jeremy tosses the pamphlet onto the counter. Well, it says it right here, actually. Uh, I think it was for my neighbor, but I just held on to it, and I've, I've been really looking for some lilacs, so. Fascinating. Come, you've traveled far, and must rest a minute before you begin the next stage of your journey. Confused, Past Jeremy says, I mean, it has been quite the journey, but I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about, you crunchy, crunchy old man. I regret to inform you that your tale has only yet begun. What you seek has been lost for eons and sought by many. Even the prophecy itself has only been kept alive by those who tell the greatest stories. That is what people refer to it now. Just a story. I must ask you, what drives you to seek something you know so little about? With no hesitation, past Jeremy replies, Flowers, old man. Flowers drove me here. Why else would I be on a hot air balloon for two months? This is insanity, sir. Food, please. Do you have any water? The old man nods and says, There's wisdom in your words and, <laughs> and spirit in your voice. These qualities will serve you well on your adventure. The hot goss passed down from my family tells of a treasure with a name lost to time. Supposedly, it contains the knowledge of the universe, the meaning of life, tales from long past and stories yet to be spoken. It can create all or destroy all. Awestruck, Past Jeremy asks, You know, I think I like to know some of this eternal wisdom you speak, old man. Tell me more. A great question. There is a poem I believe will lead you to the location of the prophecy. Waiting within calm, carved into the living rock, standing tall and proud, it tells its secret to the western mountaintop, hidden in its shroud. Past Jeremy exclaims, This mountain's alive! Someone help! And pulls his map collection out of his pack. He looks for the tallest mountain, then pins a small forest to the east side. He points down at the map and says, This looks like a nice place to picnic. <laughs> then he says, Come with me, old man. We shall picnic in the mountain woods together. And doubles down with... Please. <laughs> I'm scared and alone. I just traveled for two months and I'm weak. <laughs> the old man laughs and says... <laughs> well, before you leave, take this. It is a weapon appropriate for our place and time. You may need it where you're going. He hands past Jeremy a polished bamboo bow and a quiver of arrows. Fine French arrows. Past Jeremy thanks him by saying, So you're not coming with me then. Uh, I appreciate it, and I will put this weapon I've never used to good use. You're welcome, Past Jeremy. I'm so sorry, but before you leave, let me at least introduce myself. My name is Joe Bob. Happy to have been at your service. You know, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, add, add something. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I wish you and your ancestors many success, Joe Bob. May your family live strong and your name even stronger. Alas, a new chapter. He knew this trip would be full of surprises. Not waiting a moment more, past Jeremy rushes out of the shop yelling, I knew looking for flowers was a good idea in August. At the smiling and waving Joe Bob. Based on his calculations, he needed to get 100 miles south to this forest, and fast. His heart was racing, his blood was red hot, and his dick was rock hard. He sprinted back to the balloonatorium where he had arrived, but there was no balloons present. 
Standing to one side was a lone man donning a leather face mask, his coat covered in vibrant pink and purple feathers, and shoes that curled up over his shoulders, a common look for the 18th century Frenchman. Oi, you looking to loon? Loon, being the act of ballooning about. Past Jeremy looked the well-dressed man up and down and said in an intimidating voice, No, I just came here to look around. Yeah, I'm trying to get a balloon. I'm looning, you fucking lunatic. Well, if you got the coin, I could take you to her queen, the majesty, the fastest balloon in all of France. Looking to his bag, past Jeremy pulled out the last thing he had of value. Holding it out to Leatherfeather, he says, Well, all I got to this half a cliff bar, but, uh... I guess you can have it. A man that is willing to part with that is truly on a mission of glory. Hold on to it. I'll take you to where you need to go, free of charge. Leatherfeather took past Jeremy to his private balloon yard, and her queen the majesty was truly a sight to behold. Similar to the countless other balloons that one would see bumbling through the skies of Paris, but with one distinct difference. This one was painted with a racing stripe with little lightning bolts shooting off the top. She's a beaut! If you say so, I would have gone with like a checkerboard or something, but yeah, looks pretty cool. Lightning's neat. Responded past Jeremy in agreement. They immediately set off, past Jeremy guiding the trajectory. It would take two weeks to complete the 100-mile course. Leatherfeather continued to say kilometers, but this was nonsense to pass Jeremy. He had plenty of time to think about the home he had left behind. He came from a long line of past Jeremy's. His father before him was past Jeremy, and his father before him. Only going so far back as his great-great-grandfather, ancient Jeremy. He had some time, so he began to write a letter to home. Dear home, I've never perfected the way to write out the word leather. That's just a note to myself. I found myself on this strange journey now in a hot air balloon, covered in pink and purple lightning stripes and this crazy Frenchman with his curly shoes. Anyways, I told you I was going to find you lilacs for this Christmas, but turns out I'm on a search for wisdom? I don't know. Two months is a long time to go without food and water. I've been delirious for quite some time. In fact, I'm not even sure if any of this is real. Anyways, I'm going to continue to fly in this high-flying sky balloon for a hundred miles. I think I'm supposed to follow this map. They finally arrived at the forest past Jeremy believed the poem spoke of, and now the hunt for more clues began. Leatherfeather, sad to see past Jeremy go after such a romantic balloon ride, grabs his shoulder and says, Wait, tell me that joke again. You know, the one from three days ago? I wish to memorize it and tell it in your honor. Past Jeremy chuckles and recites the joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ah, dude, you know, I was pretty blasted last night. I don't even remember that joke. But hey, it was cool getting to know you. And uh, yeah, tell your friends about me. What's up? Her queen, the majesty, and Leatherfeather gently float away, leaving past Jeremy alone. During the balloon descent, he recalls the canopy being dense and very fluid with the wind, except for one section, which seems to stand still against the breeze. He figured he would head in that direction. To pass the time, he sang his favorite pirate opera. A boom, that's a boom, that's Oh, 
As past Jeremy walks through the woods, he notices a gradual change in the landscape. The trees become a bit more gnarled. The ground cover recedes to reveal dead earth. In the distance, he hears a faint moan. He whispers to himself, I know that sound. Then, boom! A swift kick in the chest sends past Jeremy flying, landing on his back. He looks up to see a zombified human-like creature walking tall, slowly approaching him. Past Jeremy yells, Hey man, do you know where we're at? Because I was just trying to follow the air. It was a stream. Someone told me about knowledge. Uh, <laughs> I don't want any trouble, bro. I cannot. The creature gestures to dozens of similar figures that appear from around the surrounding trees. We are the cancelled. And we patrol these woods feeding off of the success of passers-by. Look, man, I think it's wrong for people to cancel you just because you have certain beliefs, dude. All right? That's not me. All right? You can tell me whatever you want. I'll give you a platform, too. Actually, I know a guy. Uh, there's... There's... They're town criers. Their name are Michael and Jeremy, and they're town criers, and they'll give you a platform, I promise. You can say whatever you want. Past Jeremy says as he gains his footing. He walks up to the creature, standing eye to eye, and whispers, Nice quads, bro. The moment he utters that last word, he pulls an arrow from his quiver and thrusts it through the side of the head of the douchebag, knocks the same arrow into his bow, and sends it through the eye socket of the closest approaching zombie. The rest begin to sprint in towards him, he looks at the ground as they rush in. He looks up, and with a grin, he says, I didn't know I could possibly be this athletic. He grabs the first by the shoulder and throws it into the two more oncoming. He grabs two arrows, one for each hand, taking out three with precise punctures to the brain. He places one arrow in his teeth and reaches for a third, shooting arrows out into the skulls of two of the cancel, grabbing the third arrow from his mouth to stab through the chest, then the face of another. He places that same arrow into the bow, and quickly sends it into the groin of the last shape he could see at this point. The rest have fled back into the bramble. Breathing hard, past Jeremy yells out into the shadows, Now I gotta collect all these arrows, thanks! He wipes the black congealed blood off of his face and continues toward his goal, unwavered and unafraid. A clearing emerges. It's calm. He sees a tree, unlike the twisted one surrounding it. It is massive and beautiful. It wasn't until this point that he realized that he could hear nothing. The creaking of the woods around were non-existent. No snapping of twigs, no whoosh of the wind. The tree itself was still like stone. He examines the bark with his hands. It is cold and hard. He mutters, This tree's kind of sticky. Smells good too, like pine. This massive tree is petrified in a state of perfection he can see the mountain range off to the west the largest peak jutting above the tree line the sun was still out but he maybe only had about 30 minutes of daylight left he uses this time to look at every part of the tree pressing anything that looked like a button even climbing a few of the branches to see if a new perspective would give him a hint something uh, this part right here <clears throat> looks like you could shove it in a little bit let me touch it. Past Jeremy screams into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mad Libs, but I don't know what the next thing <laughs> I is. I know. That's so great. <laughs> and I, I wanted to do that on purpose. <laughs> the sun fell behind the mountain, and just when Past Jeremy was about to give up hope, the fallen shadow upon the tree began to produce 
Words? They illuminated in the wake of the sunset. He began to write the words down in his handy-dandy notebook. They said, A voice given to those who cannot speak. The secrets you tell are heard and kept safe. A day will come where one will choose to take this power, and will not use it, but will keep it. It reveals all truth, but there is wisdom in not knowing. It inspires. The sun is useful far away, but will burn up all who stand too close. At the base of my mountain lies a cave. Inside you will find the golden pod. The mountain wasn't far. It had grown dark, so past Jeremy thought it best to sleep the night and make his way to the mountain in the morning. The golden pod? He couldn't believe he had stumbled upon such a great adventure after finding that pamphlet in the balloon lot of that Texas roadhouse. After sun... (laughs) 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 After some much-needed rest, past Jeremy awoke as the sun rose in the east. Having just made its way from underneath this beautiful flat earth, the words had vanished from the tree, and it was time to begin his trek to the mountain. The dream he had last night was fascinating, and he wrote it in his dream diary as he walked. So there I was, surrounded by these zombie creatures. They were going to attack me, right? And I was, like, scared at first, and it was the same forest, but it wasn't really the same forest, if you know what I mean. And I think that you were there, but you weren't. I don't know if it was really you or not. You know how dreams are. So they started surrounding me, and they got real close. And then uh, it, when it went to whisper in my ear, instead it licked me. And then all of a sudden I was in like a horror porn. But I was scared. But then I was still erect though while I was scared, which was a weird sensation to have. But then I was, I was given the ability to control my dream, which can happen sometimes. If you like drink a lot and you fall asleep, you can kind of control your dreams. So the, the REM sleep's not so powerful. You know, you know it, it's not that good of a sleep, but it's very inventive. So I took control of the situation, right? And I ended up becoming the, like, Lord King of these zombie cannibal things. And we ended up taking over this realm. And then we went back to take over that town that I was in where my balloon landed. And then I married the woman who slapped me, which was actually turned out to be a guy. It was the old crunchy man in disguise. It was a whole crazy thing. You had to, I mean, I wish I could plug something into my head so you could see the dream play out. The mountain grew taller and taller as he hiked through the last bit of the woods. The trees had returned to normal, basic-looking trees. Exiting the tree line, it was clear that at the base of the mountain was an opening. His pace picked up and excitement began to bellow inside his loins. The entrance to the cave was rather large, about 30 feet tall and equally as wide, or maybe 140 kilometers or something. From outside, it was difficult to see through the darkness of the interior. Just to the left of the opening were two large words, one atop the other, made from stone block. Live on. Past Jeremy thought, Sounds like a song title. After reading the inspiring words, Past Jeremy turned to walk into the void of the cave, but was met with the visage of a cloaked man now blocking the path through. He spoke. I am Marcus Marinus, and I decide who is worthy of entering this sacred place. Are you true of heart and mind? Past Jeremy thought carefully and said, Yeah, dude. (laughs) Hmm. Your words hold conviction. Where do you see yourself in five years? Well, so my first part of that was actually my my strategic plan for the future was how I was going to get into that cave. 
was going to find the knowledge and then that knowledge would give me the knowledge of where to get cheap flowers. I don't even think I care about flowers anymore, to tell you honest. Maybe I just want to know stuff. And so I'll figure some stuff out and then I'll probably write a book and uh, I'll move to a nice city probably with a yard, a fenced in yard, dog, barbecue, that whole thing. You know, maybe start a small business. Where do you see yourself in five years? Ah, a man who knows what he wants. This is no place to hold hesitations. You may enter, but heed me now. Therein lies several tests. They are meant to only allow the true savior of all demographics. May Pod be with you. As the man begins to seemingly vanish, past Jeremy asks, Wait, which way am I supposed to go? You didn't give me really that much information. I think it's on a Thursday this year. What? The last... <laughs> the last the last words he say trail off as he is now fully disappeared. The ground begins to shake. The words live on begin to slowly rise, revealing a third word underneath. The whole of the words ignite into flame, illuminating the true meaning live on air. Past Jeremy takes a deep breath before going into the cave and recites the phrase his father would tell him every time he got scared as a boy. Just keep walking. It's not real. Your mom loves you, I promise. (laughs) Hello, it's me, Future Michael. How are you? Here to tell you about Dungeon Studios. Dungeon Studios are makers of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons modules and supplements and other things. And uh, coming up soon, they're going to release their cool cookbook. Where you'll be able to make your own potions and things. Yeah, if you go to their website, dungeonstudios.co, you can get their webzine that comes out. It's called the Eneron Chronicle. The whole world of Eneron. Beautiful things and creatures and stuff to do. NPCs to talk to and murder by accident. Dungeonstudios.co. Go there today. And now, listen to this. Have you got a mystery that needs solving? Where is Amelia Earhart? We know. Who the hell was D.B. Cooper? Bah, easy. Bermuda Triangle? Probably solve that one next. Here at Private Dicks, we guarantee a mystery solved every episode. That's with a capital G. Every second Friday, the Private Dicks take a client, record their session, and solve the world's greatest mysteries. One by one. Private Dicks solve them, no problem. God, I love just crushing mysteries. Search up Private Dicks on your favorite podcatcher and you can solve a mystery too. The mystery of what's your favorite podcast? It's Private Dicks. Another one solved. If you have a mystery to be solved, call 1-855-PRVTDIX. That's 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS. Call 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS and leave us the rundown of the case. Maybe the Dicks will solve it. It's 855-PRIVATE-DICKS. The cave seemed to only get darker as he walked, intermittently looking behind him to see the light from the entrance shrink smaller and smaller in the distance. All of a sudden, past Jeremy walks straight into a wall. He says, Ah, shit! And the room brightens from various torches that begin igniting spontaneously. It wasn't a cave, it was a room, with a single door along the wall he had face-smashed. A bodiless voice speaks. 
And whom would you call friend? Past Jimmy responds with, I don't know. I got a couple buddies back home. Uh, there's, there's Mike, uh, Jeff. Jeff, he's pretty... I got lots of friends. Uh, you want to be my friend? For whom do you seek? Uh, the Golden Pod. You are wise. <laughs> but can you act on your words? The ground opens, revealing a hole with a partition in the middle. On one side stands a scared young boy, and on the other, a frail old lady. You must decide their fate. Are you to save the boy or the grandma? The decision was impossible. But past Jeremy had an idea. He reached into his bag and grabbed his special treasure that he almost had given to Leatherfeather. Fate was on his side today. He cleverly says, Have you ever had a cliff bar? And tosses it to the boy. Ecstatic to have received this pod send, he places it in the slot that appears to be the same shape in which a door opens between the two rooms. The boy and his grandma are reunited. The floor closes back as the two continue to yell for help. Pass! Says the voice, and the door opens behind past Jeremy. It was not dark. He could easily see another room through the frame. It was a library. Walls were lined with books on shelves. A fireplace burned on the right side, and in the center of the room was a pedestal which held a common microphone. This would be the same type of microphone you would see in Europe during the 18th century. The room erupts with the same booming voice as before. That which you seek is closer than you know. It is said the Chosen One has within him ancient knowledge running through his veins. A word will be spoken into the mic. The word you speak will affirm your divinity or expose you as the poser you are. Now speak. Past Jeremy's body is pushed forward by an invisible force to stand in front of the microphone. He composes himself, wipes some invisible dirt off of his shoulder, leans into the mic, touching it heavily with his hands, and says, Coupons. <laughs> Pass. Five stars. <laughs> a bunch of books fall off the wall or something, and there's a door there now. We didn't put in a proper door because people never make it this far. Your final test lies beyond. Past Jeremy grabs a random book off of the floor. The cover says, How to train your dragon? What year is this? He throws it back onto the floor and nonchalantly walks through the crude opening. This chamber was the largest he had seen and was dimly lit, but he could see no light source. The voice chimes in even louder. You have done well. I am the Scriber. I decide the fate of all who may wield the Golden Pod. This is a power that cannot be held by a single person. It is to be shared by a duo. Yes, you are but half of the puzzle, and now your call will be heard by your missing piece. The room shakes. Past Jeremy dodges small rocks that fall from the ceiling. Calmness returns, and standing two feet away is Past Jeremy's cousin, Past Michael. Hey, dude, how's it going? How's Mike, France? Mike, how'd you get in here, dude? Oh, shit. Yeah, things are crazy back home. You know how the British were the, you know, you know how the British have that capital of West Florida and Pensacola? Yeah, I drew a big dick on it. Oh, so they, they locked you up in this weird cave? Hey, when you get back, you want to hang out? Yeah, definitely, dude. Sweet. Hey, do you want to do a pod? Is, that, should... so, is that something you want to do? 
I mean, yeah, anything to hang out, dude. Let's fucking do it. Past Michael begins to disappear, just like Marcus Marinus. Hey, wait, what does this mean? I don't, I don't exist anymore? Or is this like a teleportation thing? Was I, was I ever even here? Am I going to remember this? Past Jeremy, take my hand! I don't want to die! Uh, it's going to be all right, dude. It's going to be all right. The voice rings out. Past Jeremy, your final test is to take the golden pod. And once you understand its true power, you must cast it out. You will either be consumed by its raw and unfiltered power, or you will harness it to bring justice and joy to hearts of man. Past Jeremy didn't notice it until this moment. He was already holding the golden pod. It was warm and truly remarkable. He felt it jolt into his hand like a balloon burn. Visions flash, a world cowering over his reign. A spring field, a balloon battle, arrows flying back and forth. A balloon pops, another, people falling to their doom. Past Michael, flames, past Michael, towers crumbling, past Michael, dude. Grandma's screaming, dude, take my hand. The earth splits apart like a Ritz cracker. I got you, bro. And past Jeremy opens his eyes. He's standing on a cliff face looking out over a boundless ocean. He looks at the golden pod glistening in the sun. He says to the pod, Well, it was nice to know you. feel like I really wasted this trip, but uh, we're going to have to part ways. And casts it into the rocks below. He sees a blur rush past just as the pod was about to hit the crashing waves. It zips up to face past Jeremy. Hovering in the air, an elderly man, dressed all in red, clothes fit for cooler temperatures. He was in a sleigh, being led by menacing, horned, demonic-looking creatures. He laughed through his teeth, (laughs) winked, and flew off over the horizon in an instant. Past Jeremy felt defeated, and shouted at that thief, Come back here, you Santa Claus-looking motherfucker! He would go to America, meet up with past Michael, and devise a plan to get the golden pod back from this nefarious mystery man. The end. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think? That's awesome. (laughs) Fucking Santa Claus. Well, we don't know who it is. Yeah. That's just, you know, some stuff that I figured would be cool, you know, for a bad guy. I mean, if you think it's it's your, if, if you think it's Santa he Claus. He was on a sleigh. You said sleigh. Yeah, I did. well, he was. The it was appropriate. The word stuck in my head and I heard jingle bells. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story of past Jeremy and the Golden Pot. Actually, the true story, some think. Everyone knows about the, you know, the ancient France balloons. The ancient time of 1773. You go in Lunin, said the the Frenchman. (laughs) Yep. I like that that a lot. You could definitely tell there's some times where it's like, oh, you were probably drunk for that part. (laughs) It's very obvious. (laughs) The old crunchy man. Yeah, the old crunchy man. I I swear, I thought you were going to say Joe Bob John and Johnson for the storefront, (laughs) so I named him Joe Bob. I had flowers on the mind still. <laughs> yeah, but that was hilarious. You did a great job. Oh, you did a great job right there. Oh, thank you. And telling your tale. So now what I would like to do is talk to you guys about the the, the podcast that we stole, Telling Tales. So it's, it's hosted by Nick Cohen, and uh, 
he's just he does a really really great job telling stories it's i don't care what you're doing you just put that shit on listen to it while you're doing dishes you know you're you're carving a pumpkin while you're at work you're working yeah driving a truck yeah mowing a lawn plumbing a house fixing a roof eating a pie falling asleep falling asleep Maybe it'll, his voice is very nice. You should listen to that to help you fall asleep. But yeah, it's called Telling how, Tales. How you cool can, is it? The intro. Oh yeah, yeah. Getting uh, getting him for the intro was a lot of uh, fun. I was I wrote that script and he sent it back. Uh, he did a great job with it. I guess it's just going to be a shorter episode than normal. Wrap that one up. Yeah, let's <laughs> put a bow on it. So we are Majizzy Pod, M J S Y P O D. Michael and Jeremy steal your podcast. If you have a podcast you want us to steal, you can use the hashtag. I put the raw money. I put the money under the rock by ninety five nine five. The numbers, or you can email us at ajay u h j y e a h at majizzypod Go to our Facebook page, follow it, like it, five star everything. You are the best in advance for doing all. Of the, what a great job you're doing. Supporting our show. I'm just going to thank you. I don't know if you've done it already. Thank you. If you haven't done it already, thank you in advance. Send your texts or your phone calls or any pictures you want to send to 903-287-0660. Doesn't need to be pictures. It could be <laughs> voicemail. You guys send us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. Send us texts. I've given you everything I have to hear from you. <laughs> Call the number over and over again. You can. Thank you, Lydia Can't Breathe. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Lydia. They gave us a theme song we can use. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Everyone loves it. I agree. You keep saying that. Everyone loves it. Yeah. That's why we keep using it. <laughs> we like it. <laughs> Send your text messages of how you feel about the theme song. Right. Harass us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. It's nice hanging out with you, Mike. Yeah, it's nice. Wait, are you leaving? This is a pretty good story that Is you it? told. Oh, thank you. Now Past Jeremy has a origin story. Yeah, Past Jeremy, there's lore. You know we're all about building lore <laughs> and canon, and that's that's what I love. I'm looking forward to more uh scripted stuff, higher production stuff. That's what hey man, that's what we're working on. So you guys go to our Patreon page. That's Patreon forward slash Majizipod, M J S Y P O D, and support the show that way. There's extra content on there for you to enjoy. And then when you do that, again, you'll be supporting our show. Maybe I could get experts. To write things, or <laughs> experts to make sounds, or experts to do something that I don't have to do. <laughs> uh, Mike, what's it called? The old school way of doing uh, sound effects. Oh, uh, the foley foley Fo work. The foley work. Mm -hmm. Yes, get some people doing some foley work. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would do it. Yeah, you're so busy. I'm so. Busy. You're such a bus busy beaver. I am a busy. Am I a wear beaver? Nah. Do you think that'd be a terrifying thing? A wear beaver. Uh. D even a beaver, if a beaver at its size, at its biggest, was more aggressive, it would be a terrifying thing. Oh, yeah. Have you seen their teeth? Yeah. They're like yellow and yeah, scary. Yeah, filled with, well, they're covered in... Uh, Enamel? Enamel. Mm. Yeah, so... <laughs> Actually, did you know that fluoride was discovered in a town where all the children and people had brown-ass fucking teeth? And so they were trying to figure out what the fuck it was, and then the guy, like, tested the water, and he found fluoride, and uh, the dentist came in... And he's like, look at all their brown teeth. And he's like, well, I'll tell you right now, their teeth are brown, but there's not one fucking cavity in any of these fucking people. They don't have they don't have any cavities. They just got brown ass enamel filled teeth like beavers. So they were just drinking too much fluoride. 
Yeah. Well, so there's fluoride in all of our toothpaste. It was the, the well, yeah, but the fluoride was so potent in their drinking water that it was giving their teeth brown, and they also didn't die. There was no negative health effects. It just made them look that floor. way. Yeah, they just had brown teeth. So brown teeth are the superior teeth. In all honesty, yeah. Bring back brown teeth. Yeah, we get some brown ass teeth, make, and then you're gonna be able to chomp through concrete. Th- Thank you guys again. Please support the show so we can continue to steal even more crazy podcasts. All right. Jeremy, I love you. I love you too, buddy. Bye. Bye. You want to see Florida? I'll take you to see everything in Florida. We're going to go to Disney. We'll go to Universal. We're going to go to the Everglades and we'll go on a nice big, we'll go on a a trip and on an airboat ride. I'm going to take you everywhere, dude. Have you ever had a gator burger? Michael and Jeremy returned the podcast to its very worried father. The narrator went on to do exactly what he was meant to do, telling tales. Hi, I'm Nick, and I'm the writer and narrator behind the Telling Tales podcast. I have created this podcast for a number of reasons. Firstly, I like stories, and as a teacher, I teach my pupils how to write them. So I decided to challenge myself to practice what I preach, and create stories that follow the rules that I teach. This helps me to prove that what I'm saying works, or to change what I'm teaching. Why did I choose fables or folkloric stories from around the world? Well, I grew up in the Middle East, though I'm British, and I have a fascination with different cultures. In many, many ways, people are the same the world over. But there are some differences in the stories that we tell ourselves and our children. In a sense, this is the fundamental building block of culture. So I chose to go looking for stories from around the world in order to help me to understand how we use stories to build our identities and I am still amazed how fundamentally similar the stories are to one another, even when separated by centuries and thousands of miles. Please do drop in to www.tellingtalespodcast.com for all the links to the podcast and my social media accounts, and may your own stories turn out well. (laughs) I'm sorry. The old... (laughs) Okay. (sighs) (laughs) I have to do this without laughing. Oh.